Hello and welcome to episode two of the Dragon's Lair podcast for season 2021. On today's show, we have an interview with our new club captain, Aaron Hardy, and details of the first couple of social events on the calendar for the upcoming season. My name's Cameron Becker, and today I'm flying solo for the first part of the podcast. My usual co-host, Ellis and Liam, had the absolute pleasure of interviewing our new club captain, Aaron Hardy, over the weekend. I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but it's a pretty cool chat that discusses things from... Aaron's beginnings in cricket all the way through to his involvement in the Warriors setup in the last couple of years and everything in between. In what we hope will be the first of many guests here on the podcast, Aaron gives us a bit of an insight into everything around the drags at the moment and everything that he's sort of gone through in his journey through cricket so far. I don't want to bore you with my own voice for too long, so without further ado, I'll pass you over to Ellis and Liam, who were joined by Aaron on Saturday morning. So we've been lucky enough to sit down this week with new club captain Aaron Hardy. Um, for those of you that don't know, which I'm sure is very few of you, Aaron has played um, 182 matches for the Dragons at, uh, and he scored 4,761 runs at an average of 33.77. His high score is 120. He has taken 126 wickets for the club at 16.56 with a best bowling of 6 for 41 last year. Um, He's also played three matches for Western Australia, 177 runs at 35.4 with a higher score of 100 not out last year as well. He's also taken 11 wickets at 20.45, best match figures of 8 for 62. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellis. Uh, a very humbling introduction. Thank you. <laughs> you done well. That's, that's Becker-esque stats that you've done very well with Yeah, that. well, he's not here, so we had to fill in his yeah, big yeah. shoes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, Aaron, we just wanted to, again, obviously, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I guess we wanted to know, first of all, what is your first memory of cricket? Well, my first memory of cricket would be down at the old Wilton Junior Cricket Club. Yep. Um, a long time ago. I don't, I don't know the age I started, but essentially as, as young as possible, as long as they, as young as they let you in down. I think it was Apsley Park back, back in the day. So mm. that was that, yeah. Oh, very good. I, um, I distinctly remember my first season of cricket was with you under your dad, Pete. Um, and similarly, uh, I think we were playing down at Cannyvale at the start, and my first memory was me dropping my bat halfway down the wicket and going oh, wow. back to get it. Oh, wow. So I was run out in my first ever fixture, so I've never done that again. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, so... Mm. So you've played um, juniors all, all through the grades at, at, at Williston. Do you have any memories that, sort of, that stick out for you um, in the junior system? Um, I think one thing that sticks out to me, I actually said it at the Williston presentation the other day, and I kind of re-sparked this story and remembered how cool it was but I reckon my you know when you're playing Milo have a go and you you get your day to go out on the whacker and you get a run around mm. and it's awesome um the day that the Willison whatever Milo blast got to do that um was a day that Adam Gilchrist made his 100 off 56 balls against England against England yeah, so wow. I was there in the morning running out around on the on the whacker oval thinking how cool is this mm. and then Went up into the stands and was sitting next to Dad and watched you know, watched Gilly make a hundred off fifty six balls. So yes. that was that was a hell of a day. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, I've got I've got a story in mind for you. It's a bit self loathing for both myself and and you. Yeah. So um, under fifteens against Claremont Nedland. So I'm going to set the scene here and, and we'll see if you can finish it off. So um, you're on ninety eight. Um, wicket falls in the third last fall of the game. Um, yours truly strolls to the crease. Um, 
did you want to finish off what happened there? Do you remember? I briefly remember, given that you sparked it with me probably five minutes ago, <laughs> I reckon something ridiculous like you were on strike mm. with two balls to go and I reckon, I don't want to say, but I reckon you edged one past the keeper. I'd say, uh, just, a, or just, just glide the third man. Yeah. With, a, with a full swing. Yeah. So I was ready to come back for, just just take the one. Take the one. On, get you on strike well, and you go, three, three, I thought, three. I thought, let's do this. Let's come back for three. Yeah. And yeah, I think we got that done. And then mm. I had everyone on the boundary and I don't know if someone ran past yeah, I think one. We got, and we, we think we got two off the last ball. Yeah. So yeah, you got the 100 with the, with the last ball. of um. How good. Yeah, unbelievable. Nice mm. shot. Well played. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. I didn't have too many highlights for myself, so it's good to live through others in the juniors. <laughs> you got to find them where you can, mate. Yeah, mate. As we spoke about last week on the podcast, I recently moved out, and um, you have also done the same. Uh, so I believe you're living about five minutes around the corner. So how's that transition been, and how are you going out of home? Yeah, it's been it's been very good, very fun, living with a good mate of mine, friend of the show, Christian mm, Morrissey. Yeah, great, great friend, friend of the show. show. Mm. Um <laughs> No, it's it's been good um, living in another friend of the show, Simon Mackin's house. Oh, yeah. um, he's moved moved over state, so I think it's probably four minutes from here, and we drive past Chris Elliott and Aaron McCall's house. So wow, no, it's it's a lovely suburb and a lot of dragons in mm. in the between. Yeah, we've been thoroughly enjoying having Christian back at the club. Um, even this morning, our our fitness session this morning, the whole club he was up and about. So that was um that was very good. Um, so we'll move on to the um, the hard hitting questions now. So obviously you're you're announced as our um, our new captain this year. Um, do you want to just tell us sort of how it came about and um, sort of what your feeling feelings are leading the dragon into into what you could some could consider a new age? Um, did you want to shed some shed your feelings on that one? Yeah, I suppose at the back end of last year we we probably we struggled a little bit last year just with the with the dynamic of the team. Um, Obviously, very, very young, young batting order in particular. A few young bowlers with Nick Blazovich coming through. Um, and Bondi's been an awesome captain for the last couple of years, taken over um, and led the show really, really well. But just with the with the younger age group coming through, we felt it was, it was a good time to kind of have someone who's kind of grown up and played with them, um, kind of take a bit more of a senior role and help, help develop them, um, take a little bit of the pressure off the senior boys. Um, so yeah, it was kind of just a bit of a progression that way, and yeah, so far it's been been really exciting. Um, spent a little bit more of my time just helping the young, helping some of the younger batsmen coming through um, with the mental side of things. Just I've been lucky enough to have a lot of well, a lot of lessons, I guess, through my kind of pathway cricket on the mental side, which a lot of people don't really get the chance to to explore so it's been really good in that is that something you you enjoy doing helping those younger players come through because obviously you've you've captained us at a Colts level for for a few years but yeah is that something you you enjoy doing yes it's awesome doing it a little bit more of a full-time role Colts is always it's always good fun but it it is unfortunately just three games and yeah um back to your club back to your grade team so Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of progress through the pre-season and into the season and and develop that way is going to be awesome yeah yeah, I was going to say, I think I can speak on behalf of all of the young guys and say that it's been, it's been fantastic to have you down, shedding your wisdom, because as you, as you mentioned, um, you know, you've had access to that higher level and I know a lot of us are never going to have that. So it's been, it's been really good to have you down so far and um, yeah, it's been great. I'm looking forward to the year and yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. 100%. Just speaking on that higher um, pathway, I suppose, um, you made your Maiden 100 last year and I know that a lot of the Dragons were tuning in on, uh, on Facebook when it was streamed live and... Um, I suppose I just wanted to know how 
How fantastic was that feeling? I think, as I said before, you've only played the three games, but to have already made a hundred at twenty-one. You know, that's a massive achievement, mate. So I just, yeah, how did how did that how did that feel amongst? How did it sit with you? Oh, it was obviously a very special day for me. Uh, something which you work for work for for your whole life. Um, to be able to go home to mum and dad afterwards um, was a very very special moment. Um, have a fellow dragon, Isaac Melendez, in the crowd was was awesome. I saw him in the crowd when I just kind of yeah, got heard you started. Almost, you, almost missed, you almost missed him. Yeah, so I got started and I saw he was on the crowd, in the crowd. I was like, oh, how good is this? And then, I don't know, he must have maybe gone inside for a beer or something, but then he was inside. In Definitely the, not a beer if it was Isaac. In, in the bar or maybe next to Rex or something, but um, it was in the bar, so I thought he must have left or something and had, some, had something on or something like that. And then he, yeah, he reappeared and, um, yeah, um, amongst kind of, celebrating kind of looked up and, and saw him there so that was that was a very special moment. yeah you can see it in the video at the end you, you just caught him caught him at the end and gave another bat raise to him so that, yeah, was, that no, was pretty it cool was to watch very special mm-hmm. very special moment yeah beautiful so another sort of couple special moments um you could say in in your in your short but um illustrious career so far um were the um wickets of collie and root and you've got quite a bit of um attention on social media around those times especially or you, you could probably shed light on it better than I could from the Coley wicket. But yeah, how, how was it taking the wickets of some of the best batsmen in the world? It's pretty cool. Um, I often put it down to right place at the right time. Um, yeah, both of them probably could bowl that ball in, in club cricket and get hit to the boundary or something like that. But no, nah, it's to be given those opportunities to even be in a place to bowl to those batsmen. It's, it's awesome um, getting the contest with them and... I suppose it just just goes to show that if you bowl if you bowl your best ball to any batsman in the world, um, yeah, you might be good enough on the day. Yeah. Very good. Um, just as well on that, I suppose um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but I saw I think it was not too long after the Coley wicket, um, there was some uh, articles I suppose coming across my newsfeed, um, and there was a little bit of speculation that you could be a late IPL bolter. Did you sort of read into those articles at all? Do you do you engage with the media at all, or were you unaware of that? No, I was aware of. I had to kind of you had to apply. So I got an email. I got a phone call from my manager, and I was like, "Oh, what is this all about? This is this is a bit of mayo on <laughs> on the old Indian game." And then they're like, "Well, like someone could be fair income out there, um, one in a million shots." So no, we did register, and I think. I think dad stayed up to the early hours just like yeah on the auction i heard all the big names mm-hmm. and he thought i was a bit stiff not to go but um <laughs> no there's definitely yeah they were calling a few people they were ahead. calling for you in the in the comments on the cricket australia post when, yeah. you, when you took that collie wicket they all wanted you over there so yeah another exciting little time i could imagine yeah, it's funny how like just as you said like an opportune moment can open so many potential doorways i suppose mm-hmm. in, in the cricketing yeah. world so yeah, yeah no, absolutely very good We're extremely lucky down here at Willison to have a bunch of very supportive sponsors that have helped us throughout the years and especially this year with the tough times that many sporting clubs have gone through. I'd like to thank Retrovision, AR Advisors and the Driven Property Group for their continued support of the Williston District Career Club. Yeah, so obviously being an, being an all-rounder yourself, um, you got quite a few people at the Wacker um, in sort of a similar role to you with like Stoinis, um, Mitch Marsh, Kilton Cartwright, Cam Green and stuff. What's, what's it been like sort of training, um, both learning and, and competing with those sort of guys for, for a pretty similar spot in a very strong team? 
uh, what, what are the sort of challenges and the, and the um, upsides to that? Yeah, I suppose, first of all, upsides are relatively obvious, like being able to watch the way that these blokes go about their training. Um, it's, it's impossible not to learn from them just by watching them go about it. So we've basically got, well, in my opinion, the two best um, all-rounders in Australia, um, in Mitchell Marsh and Marcus Stoinis. So we get to see them train whenever they're in Perth. It's it's really good to be able to learn off them. Um, and then, yeah, Hilton Carhartt's played for Australia. Cameron Green is, yeah, a good friend of mine. I've grown up with him and he's, um, yeah, an unbelievable cricketer. Um, yeah, he's shown his batting in the last year and he can bowl 140 kilometres an hour from two metres tall. So um, it's great learning from them. Um, I suppose the negative side, you could look at it as maybe five, four or five people vying for a similar spot in the, in the side. But at the end of the day, if, we, if we're all work, um, really improving our batting and our bowling, like, I don't see any reason why we can't, can't have three, four all-rounders, even if we're just contributing a little bit with the ball. And if we get a spot in the batting, in the batting order, then, um, yeah, how good we can all play together. Yeah, I think it's shown that both, like all those guys that, that are listed can hold their own on each, on each account of bowling and batting. So it's not like they're just um, half and half. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely yeah, space for you guys. Yeah, so you just mentioned, um, obviously, you're vying for spots with those guys, with the likes of Stoinis and Martian, etc. Um, obviously, I know they have also dealt with this, but you've had a fair, I suppose, a fair run with injury um, throughout the last couple of years as a young bloke. So I suppose it's something I'm going through at the moment with my ankle. Um, I'm just wondering, for those of the listeners out there that are sort of have had to deal with this, what have you got any advice or any experiences that you would like to share about dealing with injury yeah, and the I setbacks might, that come with that. I might, might need to take some notes as well, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, Liam's hips, yeah. Um, oh, it's obviously always very disappointing and a difficult difficult time going through injury, but I suppose at the back end of last year, I probably learned a fair bit about myself and what I need to do outside of cricket to, to kind of keep myself mentally going um, if I'm injured. Um, so back at uni now, um, studying a couple of units a semester, so trying to challenge myself in that in that area what, um, what are you studying i'm doing a finance degree mm. so just recently picked that one up mm. um but yeah apart from that uh, sometimes injury can kind of you don't have much control over your recovery recovery time like if it's a set if it's a set time you can't really um push that too much so just being able to make a plan and finding things outside outside of that to do rather than just kind of lounging around or playing playstation finding something a little bit more constructive. Yeah, has it been sort of a to adjust your your little sort of workloads? Has it been a fact for, from now you're working harder to get yourself ready, or is it sort of taking a step back and going like lowering your loads a little bit? Yeah, you always have to be smart about about your loads and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just it's just about doing the work that you need to do to get up to up to speed. So if I'm trying to get ready as a batsman, I'll make sure I focus purely on my batting. If I'm trying to try and get the bowling up, I'll I'll do a lot of low-level technical stuff so that I can kind of get a feel back without pushing my body too far. So it's just all about everything in balance, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you do you find that challenging as well, not even from an injury standpoint, just as a technical standpoint? I know there's obviously a lot of all-rounders here that might deal with the same problem. Um, how do you go about structuring your training? So because you're in that all-rounder spot where you're obviously both expected to be, to be on form with the bat and the ball, often in the same game, how do you go about training in a way that allows you to perform at your peak, both bowling and batting? Yes, yeah, so I do. 
normally down at the wacker we kind of have i kind of bat for 40 minutes and then i'll do my bowling whether it's a six over bowl or like an eight over bowl or something like that mm-hmm. um but i often do a lot of batting um especially outside of that training so whether i go see a private coach or whether i go to the nets with a mate or something like that kind of i have these non-negotiables which i do during the week such as like shared it with a few of the boys like a few top hand drills a few cut shots pull shots hitting spinners um if i feel like i do that every week i can kind of prepare myself for the weekend so you just keep keep things have you caught the constant things and then you, then you can change outside of that yeah constant yeah. things that i know if i tick these off i can go into the game um, relatively confident mm-hmm. so uh, that's that's one technique that i use so still on the subject of training, um, obviously we're just coming towards towards the end of preseason here. Um, it's been a bit of a different preseason for, for the for the drags, um, different coaching setup, um, different sort of training setup. How have you how have you found um, preseason this year? And have you found any benefits to the different way we've been doing it? And did you want to just outline sort of what we've been doing differently and um, what sort of your input has been on that? Yeah, we've had we've had good access to the um, indoor indoor nets as we do every year. Um, I suppose it's more about trying to specifically develop um, individual individuals' games. We have a lot of batsmen and bowlers who they do work outside of the Saturday morning, so their twenty minute hit on Saturday is not going to be anything compared to their sixty minute hit on a on a Tuesday or a Thursday. So, um, just being able to find new ways to challenge people, we've had the IPPs where people kind of wrote down what they want to work on. Um, it's been good to kind of get a gauge of where people are at, where they think they're going, and we can kind of tee matchups up between batsmen who are working on something versus bowlers. So I think in that sense, it's been really good. Mm-hmm. And just finally, Aaron, uh, we'll finish with something a little bit light, a little bit more lighthearted. Um, I know that you've only had sort of five minutes to prepare for this, so we greatly appreciate that you've uh, agreed to do this, but. Mm. Um, we were just wondering um, if you could name a Dragon Six-a-side team. So this is something that we're going to run with all of the guests throughout the year. Um, so you have to pick a Six-a-side team with a player from each grade. Um, they can be past or present Dragons. Um, you can have played with them or not. Um, but yeah, so who have you gone with for your Six-a-side team? I, I should say, you, so you got to, so the makeup of the team is two batsmen, two bowlers, um, and a wicket keeper. You can chuck in a spinner, fast bowler, opening batsman, middle or batsman if you want, or you can just go whatever, whatever you feel. Jeez, the wicket keepers rattled me. I had my six down, and <laughs> I'm just going to go with my six. Maybe I'll choose one of them to take the gloves. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. I think I, I think I've nailed it to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, opening the batting for me will be Chris Elliott and Isaac Molentis. Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk talk us? Well, yeah, we'll give you a reasoning as well why why you picked them. Um, so I needed a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, both of those have played a lot of first-grade cricket. But yeah. I've kind of used a loophole in that. Chris Elliott's yeah. coming back to play fourth league yeah. this year. Yeah. That's very No, you've done very well to pick yeah. one of the best batsmen in Willerton history. So he's grade. made a lot of runs for the club. So in a six aside, he's a very handy player. Um, Isaac Malentis, he's a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of quick singles between these two with, with Isaac. Um, so those are my opening batsmen. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I've gone for a dominant all-rounder, Matthew Johnson. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. another good pick. Um, what grade have you taken him from? I've had to... I've taken him from first grade. Oh, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if Jono spent much time yeah, from the twos to fours. It? Probably yeah. was promoted pretty quickly. Yeah, I think he went straight from under 15s, didn't he, into yeah. first grade? Yeah. So. yeah. so, nearly father as well. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. I'm sure Jono will be listening out mm-hmm. there. Yep. <laughs> um, 
number four in the kind of my all-rounder position as well. Mm. Um, handy with the ball, Brad Hogg. Yeah, another good pick. Yep. Yeah, very good. Um, very, very. Yeah, he would spin a web down at down at Wilton. Yeah. Um, so he's your second first grader. Yeah, he's my second, mate, third first grader with Isaac, including Isaac Manchester. Okay. So yeah, that's fair. So I that's have fair. chosen three first graders. Oh yeah, and yeah. One no, that's okay. That's crazy. You do have those two extra spots. Yep. Um, so Brad Hogg can also bat. I've seen him make a nifty. I think he made 81 day at UWA. Mm, he made the high score for Willerton, I think. Yeah, he in, has. In, yeah, in the grades. I yeah. believe he started his professional career as a batsman and yeah. then mm-hmm. yeah. started... Yeah. I think you're right. He started bowling at started like 25. Started turning doorknobs at the age of 24 yeah, or something so, like that. So, so. <laughs> Yeah, for all of us. Um, yeah, number five. I'm getting into my two bowlers. Um, shout out to this man. Happy birthday for the other day. Josh Cuser. Mm. Oh, we love Kiki. I think, yeah, in our practice podcast, I think you picked him as well, Ellis. I he's did, a, yeah. He's a very big pick. Um yeah, there'll be more news about um, sort of what's going to happen uh, for fantasy. We're going to get a fantasy thing sorted for Willerton, but I think he would be up there with one of the first yeah. you'd pick. He would get so many points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. very full, very straight. Mm-hmm. Um, good on Byron Wickets. Yeah. Um, my last player, he's I could have picked him in any grade. Um, he's bought a thousand maidens for the club, so hard to go past Blake Hall. Um, the biggest yeah. head at the club. <laughs> very proud Willerton man, former president. Former first grade player, former second grade player, he's done it all. Um, former host of the Dragons Lair as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. True. So full, uh, full circle has been complete, and he's he's back in my six six aside team, and he's one man who would be very happy to come back down and play in a six aside game. Um, yeah, so, that's actually yeah. a good shout. Yeah, that would be good. So mm. yeah, I'm sure all of my players, Hoggy would love to be back down at the Drag. So Jono, any excuse to kind of get back down to. Mm. DP. Yep. Oh, and so I think the way we're, we're going to structure this is that you have to pick yourself, but you very humbly left yourself out. So are you, you coach? I don't think, I, don't think I deserve. Oh, there's no spot in that team. <laughs> so head coach? Yeah, drinks. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. No worries. Cool. Um, yeah. So thanks for um, thanks for coming on hard. It's been an absolute pleasure and um, I wish you the best of luck for the season. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, boys. So to finish off the show today, we thought we'd run through briefly the couple of social events that are coming up in the first couple of weeks of the season. Firstly, we have our season launch, October 1st, prior to the first round of fixtures. Not only will this be our launch for season 2021, it'll also double as a presentation night from last season, as we are unable to properly celebrate the awards and achievements from last year. There'll be food on down at the club and plenty of atmosphere, so get down, get around it and get excited for the first round of fixtures. Our second is the Dragon Pong Tournament. It's going to be held on October 10th this year, which is the first week that all four teams have a fixture on the Saturday. Further details will be posted on the Facebook page, but grab your partner and get ready for a good night. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed our chat with our new club captain, Aaron Hardy. Next week's show will be the final show before the first and second grade kick off their seasons, which means we'll be previewing the games ahead and discussing what might happen at the Dragons in the first couple of weeks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.